Hello, friends. Welcome once again to the Deeper Daily Podcast. I'm Paul White. I want to thank you for joining me on this Friday, the fourth day of February. We finished the first week of the month, and we are in the story of Jacob and Esau. We introduced the two characters. Well, technically, we introduced them yesterday in their mother's womb, this battle that raged inside of Rebecca, caused her a lot of problems, caused her a lot of anguish and grief. We dealt with that through her question to God. Today, we introduce the two boys. They come onto the scene in the 24th verse of Genesis chapter 25. Her days are fulfilled, and there were twins in her womb. And the first came out red. He was like a hairy garment all over, so they called his name Esau. Uh, Esau, literally hairy, but also a word for red. So (laughs) as simple as it gets, red hair. That's Esau. Afterward, his brother came out and his hand took hold of Esau's heel. So his name was called Jacob or Yechov, which would be the Hebrew word for supplanter. Uh, An old ancient English word, technically probably a little bit better defined as deceitful, but known among the Hebrews as one who takes the heel. Uh, And that's literally because the second child out of the womb was holding on to the heel of his brother. And so he is named Jacob, heel catcher, supplanter. Um, Probably in our modern terms, it would be someone who sort of cheats his way into things. Um, heel catcher might be just as well defined to us as the one who trips by the heel, trips the person in front of him by their heel, sort of kicks their feet out from under them. So in their introduction, Esau is simply defined by the surface. He's representative of what you can see on the outside. It tells you nothing about his character to call him red and hairy. It is to describe him in the most superficial manner. And it might come to be the definition of superficiality is to look at someone and judge them based only upon what you see. For in Esau's case, there's not a lot below the surface. He becomes a character in both the Old and the New Testament who is linked forever with Um, the selling of his birthright. Hebrews links him with the word fornication, which might be a little unfortunate. We'll get into that as we get into Esau's story. But he is a man of low character. He is a man who doesn't seem to um, succeed. And he makes a, a decision to trade the eternal for the momentary. That's what we might call shallow And so the fact that the text introduces him as red or hairy, and then we know that there's not much to the man, causes us to assume that where you can describe someone only based on their physical characteristics, you don't have much good to say about them elsewhere. Um, It's also maybe why we are a little bit predisposed to assume that the most beautiful Uh, among us, male or female, and I'm speaking of beauty in physical terms, 
we almost always make these assumptions that the most beautiful or what would be considered societally as the most beautiful might also be the least bright. It's not necessarily the case, but we almost assume it as a statement of fact. And maybe that's because our example of someone named simply after their physical characteristics ends up being such a shallow person. Jacob, on the other hand, the heel catcher, does end up living up to his name. I guess in a way, Esau lives up to his because he is a hairy man with red hair and lives outdoors and we don't get much else. But with Jacob, he's a man who lives up to, for whatever way you can live up to something so low, the the reputation that his name carries, that he's a heel catcher. Isaac is 60 years old when Rebekah has them. That's thrown in almost as an aside at the end of 26. But 27 lays us out something quite interesting. So the boys grew, and Esau was a skillful hunter, a man of the field. But Jacob was a mild man, dwelling in tents. And Isaac loved Esau because he ate of his game. But Rebekah loved Jacob. Now the word mild uh, is not always translated that way. I'm using the New King James Version. Uh, The NRSV, the New Revised Standard Version, I think uses the word quiet, that Jacob is a mild man. But I I look that word up in the Hebrew, and it's a word that, uh, it's pronounced Tom. It's transliterated T-A-M, almost like we would say the word tame. It makes me wonder if our word for tame doesn't originate in the Greek in this form. But what's really interesting about it is that only here in all of the usages of this word in the Old Testament, and there are several times that this word is used, um, several times in Genesis, a lot in Job, three times in Psalms, once in Proverbs, four times in the Song of Solomon. It almost always means complete Um, having integrity, perfect. In the Song of Solomon and in the Psalms, it's complete. In Job and in Proverbs and in Psalms, it's complete. But only in Genesis 25 is it mild or quiet or sound. And I wonder if they missed it. Because It's almost as if they didn't want to use the same word that they use everywhere else because it would have sounded like this. Esau was a skillful man, a man of the field, but Jacob was a complete man dwelling in tents. Now, you use whatever definition you feel is most appropriate there for Tom, the Hebrew word, but I had this thought. Let's stop letting society define masculinity. By almost every metric, Esau is masculine. Harry and red, a hunter, a man of the field. But Jacob was a mild man, quiet man, complete man, dwelling in tents. I think we are in a time when we're desperately trying to label things. And I want you to just stir this over. I'm not sure I'm done with it. We may come back and work on it a little more tomorrow. 
But what if the Bible at this point is showing us that the definition of what it means to be a complete man is to have more to you than what on the surface identifies you as a man or what it means conversely to be a complete woman is to have more than what it means on the surface to be a woman. I think that's worth talking about. We'll do a little more of that tomorrow and I'll see you then. God bless.